Hi, you're listening to the Slow Life Project podcast with me, Lana Hall, a show dedicated to helping you find confidence, meaning, and true joy in your life. Through my own tips and tricks, as well as interviews with others, you'll learn to slow down, get real, and feel happy. Let's get started. Hello, this is Lana Hall, your host of the Slow Life Project podcast. Welcome. Today, we are going to be talking about fear of failure, which is something that's surprisingly common. So if this topic applies to you, you are certainly not alone. And fear of failure has quite a lot of different negative impacts on our lives. And one of those in particular is that it really impacts our ability to live slowly and mindfully. And Part of that is the fact that it's a fear. So as soon as we move into a fearful state, we're no longer going to be able to stay in the present moment so well. Our brain starts looking for threats and and dangers and we don't feel very relaxed. We tend to speed up because all our physical systems are speeding up. And then as part of that, with all that sped up physicality, comes a sped up mind that's trying to protect us. And in the case of a fear of failure, it will try to protect us from that failure, which sounds pretty reasonable. But the big problem with that is that in trying to protect us from a failure, what our brain will do is imagine all the possible ways that we could fail and then be looking for solutions to stop that. Again, not necessarily the worst thing in the world. The real trouble we run into is that a lot of times, whether or not we succeed at something isn't ultimately under our control. Because most people, if given the choice, are going to choose success. Sometimes, you know, we're going to be lazy or not invested, and then we won't really care if we fail. But a lot of the time, we're going to be interested in succeeding. And so that pattern is going to run in our brain. And I guess something else to consider with a fear of failure as well is it can really be activated by so many different life circumstances that there are lots of different ways to kind of fail in in tiny ways throughout our day. You know, you can consider being late a failure, letting somebody else down a failure. You know, if you're a perfectionist, if you don't do things 100 or 99% correctly, you can consider everything that's 98% and below a failure. So this kind of fear is quite generalized and it just means that you can be flipped into the stress response very quickly, very easily, and by an incredible variety of circumstances. So many that you're never going to be able to control them all. So what we want to look at is how do we become less afraid of failing so that we just don't need to go into the stress response so often? Because if you're not in the stress response so often, you're going to feel more calm, more relaxed, and more able to enjoy what's going on around you. And it's important to understand within this as well that failure is a word that has a lot of negative connotations for us. But when you look at a lot of really successful people, they just don't associate failure with an as being a negative outcome. So they they think of failure as something that happens, but 
you know, they talk about it in a way of like, you know, you fail forward, that we have to make mistakes in order to improve. So when a mistake happens or when I don't succeed at something the first time, really successful people are just not letting that hold them back. They're kind of like, well, of course, <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. It doesn't say anything about who I am as a person. It's part of the process that leads to success. And because of that, they just keep going. They basically don't slow down when a failure hits them. Whereas for the you know, vast majority of people, we really have a tendency to take failure personally, to say that it does mean something about us and also that it does mean something about the future, that if I fail now, I'm not actually going to improve next time or learn from it. It's actually predictive or indicative that this is going to keep happening. So there's some very different assumptions that very successful people make that we're not making that makes us afraid of failure. And so this is a technique that you can work with. It's this idea of changing the association with failure. And maybe it, it helps to change the word if failure does have strong negative connotations for you. Uh, like I, I don't mind mistake or, or learning, <laughs> uh, opportunity, there are words that have less negative connotations for me. So going into something, instead of thinking, am I going to succeed or am I going to fail, saying to yourself something like, what would I like to learn from this? Or where's the opportunity to grow here? Changing that automatic default that if things don't go the way that I want, it um, is a problem and instead turning it into much more of an opportunity. And related to that is the things that we just talked about. So, you know, you might want to consider that it's likely that I'll fail several times before I hit a success. Because if you go into, you know, a new project, a new area where you're learning something and expect to be bad to make mistakes the first 10 times, again, you'll be less afraid of it. It just is normalized. And the um, artist, Julia Cameron, who I absolutely love, and she wrote a book called The Artist's Way. And in there, she talks a lot about creativity as, you know, sort of a flow and that you need to sometimes just get the bad art out to make room for the good art to come through. And if you're afraid, if you don't want to let something out in case it's bad, then all that does is block the channel for better things to come through. So that's a different way to think about it as well, that there's just a certain amount of problems, failures, mistakes, learning opportunities, whatever, that are going to come up. I've got to expect that. So let's just get them out of the way so that I can get to the more successful um, activities or more successful creative ideas, whatever it is that you're working on. So that's one way to think about it before you even get into the situation to be seeing failure is not such a bad thing, but just part of the process. And the second idea that I wanted to talk to you about is the idea of what happens after I fail. Because definitely in our minds, when we are trying to protect ourselves from a failure, the thinking process that seems to occur is, you know, imagine what's going to happen, see yourself failing, 
And then it's almost like we just short circuit our brain and we just think, oh, I couldn't cope with that, you know? And when we think, oh, I couldn't cope with that, that's where the tension comes in. That's where we're really trying to control outcomes and stop the bad thing from happening because we sort of get to this point where we're just like, couldn't cope, wouldn't cope. So I can't possibly go down that path. And the fact is, of course, you would cope, you know, <laughs> for almost everything in life. There might be some pretty terrible consequences that you had to face. A lot of times, not even pretty terrible consequences that you have to face. It would just play out, you know, you would just cope with what happened. So I remember when we were in France and you know, I was trying to sort of predict getting to a certain place by a certain time, you know, and so you're looking at the timetables and then my brain trying to protect me from failure is like, oh, but what if that one's late? Or what if this thing is hard to find? And there was a real uh, push at that moment to check things 50 times or to get the earlier one um, to prevent myself being in a situation where I was wrong and I, I stuffed it up. Um, I was doing it for, you know, like our families or just me that was involved. So probably that sense of personal responsibility played into that as well. But I remember getting to the point where it's like, oh, well, if I made a mistake, if it takes longer to get from here to there than I thought, then we'll be late. And what's the worst that will happen? You know, maybe people will be a bit cranky at me. Maybe we'll miss the start of the show. Um, maybe I'll have wasted the money. We won't be allowed in. But none of those things are actually life or death. You know, they, they're just things that happen. And realistically, if I've done the work to plan something and then it doesn't turn out to plan, well, you know, I kind of did the best I could. And so there's lots of little situations like that where the outcomes aren't actually that bad, you know, like you might spend a lot of time agonizing on how to write a particular email or the finding you want to put in a report because what if I get it wrong? But what if you did? Like the world wouldn't explode. You wouldn't just curl up in a ball and and collapse and never move for the rest of your life. (laughs) You would accept that you were wrong you'd improve the report. You know, you'd apologize to the person who got offended by the email and life would just keep happening. And when you realize that life would just keep happening and that you could actually cope with the failure, that's when your brain can stop worrying about it so much. And so many of the things that we predict and worry about are really the worst possible outcomes. And I would say, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you're actually better off writing an email that maybe offends people say like you know two or five percent of the time and then just correcting that with them when it happens then going through all the angst of every single email you write then being subject to this kind of stress and and scrutiny and always imagining the worst like that's incredibly draining on your energy and it's incredibly exhausting in terms of your mental space and your mindset it destroys your confidence to always be thinking about the worst so i would say on balance in terms of what's going to make us feel worse what's going to cost us more time and energy it's doing the worrying even if those out it does actually prevent you know offending people or making mistakes a little bit of the time it's just not worth it in terms of all those factors to keep worrying about it 
And I've actually used this technique with clients where their situations are relatively serious, you know, with financial trouble, the risk of being homeless. And this technique actually still works because it's still working with that idea of our brain tries to shut down and pretends that we would end, the world would end if this bad thing happened. And as soon as you get into the planning, you just stop being so scared, you know? So it's like, all right, I'm at risk of losing my house what would I do, you know? And then people will have an answer for that. I would live in my car. I would go stay with my sister or with my parents. I would have to ask for more work at work. They're not great outcomes. They're quite scary sometimes, but the point is you would cope and realizing that you would cope and that there are creative solutions to that problem then just stops your brain from worrying about it so much. So that's two different things to try out. If you know that you're someone who's quite afraid of failing, whether it's failing on little things, failing on the big things. So the first thing is to change the idea of failure as being something that says something about you as a person. I'm bad one way or another. And also change the idea that failure now equals more failure later. It does not. Failure now, as long as we take the time to analyze what happened, leads to success. That's how we get there. And it says nothing about who you are as a person other than that you're a human being because human beings don't get it right every time. You know, it's just not possible. We just don't live in a world where everything's going to turn out your way if you just put in enough effort and are a good enough person, you know, (laughs) it's just not the way our world works. So changing the connotations around failure is your first idea. And then that second one is make a plan for it. Just actually think through, okay, so let's assume that I am going to fail. What's going to happen? All right. I'm just going to accept that that's a possibility for myself, whether it's something that's a really big deal, like I'd have to go and live with other people, or it's something super minor like mine, where you might be late or you might waste some money, but just realizing, oh, I could actually cope with that. Certainly never going to be a preference, but you could deal with it because that's what you need in order to get your brain to shut down that worrying. And that then allows you to come back to the present and enjoy your life and your work more, which is a wonderful thing. All right. So that's it from me today. If you want to try out one of those two techniques, pick the one that feels like it would make the biggest difference to you, give it a go, and see if you can reduce that fear of failure. Because like I said, it really will improve your quality of life when you're okay with failure, when it's not a big problem for you. It just saves you so much time and energy. All right. So here's to having a failure-filled week and being okay with that. Take care of yourself. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Slow Life Project podcast. I hope you have a calm, confident, and joyful week. If you'd love more tips or support from me, be sure to subscribe to the podcast or head to my website, theslowlifeproject.com.